What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Dice Hard, where we turn movies into tabletop games. This could go good, but mostly bad. Now here's your host, Alex. Good evening and welcome to another uh, brutal episode of Dice Hard where we are we have Ben Hello and <laughs> trying to make it sound a little bit little bit wild there. Um, and we have Kyle. Okay. And Kyle, what are we doing today? A film crew grows to a tropical island for an exotic location shoot and discovers a colossal ape who takes a shine to their female blonde star. He is then captured and brought back to New York City for public exhibition. The original King Kong from 1933. Ooh. The original King Kong back before when I actually knew they made movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 1933. Yeah. <laughs> when the uh, so, the peak of special effects is Roy Harry Hasman plasticine models. Yes. It really wasn't that bad. I I'm, no. I, I was blown away by by like how good they managed to sort of meld the two forms together for that era especially yeah yeah it's you know everyone seems to have like a favorite classic era movie like this is mine sort of thing um yeah i was gonna ask yeah you you took this this movie from 1933 which i can guarantee maybe one of our audiences has has ever seen (laughs) (laughs) or heard yeah i i remember seeing it like as a I want to say, like, young teenager or something. It was, you know, like they'd show a movie on TV late at night that, you know, the rights are gone for or whatever, and so they can just play old movies. And I was just, yeah, like, captivated by it and sort of just became, a like, a cult movie for me. So does, does King Kong um, have a special thing, or is it just this specific movie, not the whole King Kong franchise? Um, in general, I think because of this movie, which is where it started, like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the... Peter Jackson remake and you know anything with Sam Jackson yeah. in it, so Skull Island's pretty great too. Yeah, and I'm not going to say no to uh, building size monsters fighting each other. So all for Converse <laughs> Godzilla as well. Ah, uh, you guys should listen to our Pacific Rim episode of Licensed Hard. Um, I haven't happened to. No, but you you will now, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're all on the on the to listen list. Just haven't got to it yet. You, you hesitated. You can blame. You can blame There's COVID. The hesitation. <laughs> hesitation. It's all. It's all internet delay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I love the Skull Island one. And like, how how much? Uh, I've got to confess, I didn't watch the movie, but I did find a really good YouTube channel that had all the main clips in it of all the sort of the events that happened. So I didn't yeah. watch the whole movie, but but how close is sort of the remake? To the 1933. It's not super close, but there are heaps of sort of Easter eggy type little nods to the original in it. 
um, especially in the, in the music. Do that. The music yeah. is, is really good. Even the original music is, I can't remember the name of the composer, but it was sort of like the, the first era of that style of, of film composing, sort of more uh, opera style um, where yeah, you have yeah. sort of like leitmotifs, like, you know, individual themes for different characters and themes and stuff like that, which is sort of, you know, revised by, um, what's his name? Uh, Star Wars. Um, his name's gone out of my head for a second, but the composer that did Star Wars and okay. Superman and Harry Potter and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's that sort of era. And so, you know, the orchestral music in that era isn't out of date, you know, like they, they knew what they were doing. No, they still do it these, these days. Exactly. And so, you know, it was, it was a bit of a product at its time, but it's a lot of what, in even the music is is still really sort of moving and powerful and, and there's a lot of that that's in the score for the remake and even stuff like the I appreciate the choreography in the original and there's a lot of specifics in the choreography that are in the follow-up Kong films as well like he always does the particular move where he'll split open a T-Rex you know rip its door open oh, and then yeah. play with it play with its door like it's broken seeing seeing if it works still like it, yeah. that's just a nod back to the original and and they keep doing there's little bits and pieces like that throughout but they keep doing like nods back to the original and stuff like that that's fantastic because when i was watching the clips i was what like the fight scene between the T-Rex and Kong was probably the the first fight scene that i think i saw um mm. but some of the moves that he does they're they're really effective. Like I wouldn't say they were n- natural, but they sort of looked natural, and they were the way that I would assume that they would fight. And yeah. They did a really good job on those fight scenes. Yeah, I think because of the the special effects like that, because it was stop motion with plastic models and stuff, it wasn't dudes in suits pretending yeah. to fight. So, so it wasn't clearly like you know human being movements hinted by. Yeah, bulky yeah. suits doing nothing um yeah the choreography and that is yeah i think it's it's really cool it's kind of like it reminds me a bit of reading a, a comic book or a graphic novel where you know you fill in the gaps in between because it's stop motion yeah. and you know there aren't that many frames oh, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. you know or like when a when a picture is blurry it sometimes can look less fake than if it's sharp and it's obviously really fake you know because your your brain yeah. fills in the gaps yeah it's interesting you mentioned that it's not like people in suits because I know that at the time, like especially in, in Disney, when they did animated stuff, which was only, mm. uh, I think Snow White was 1937, so it was only four years after this, but they used rotoscopes. So they, they filmed yeah. people doing the same actions and then sort of drew the, the scene over the top. So when you watch the rotoscope images, you're watching real movements and real acting. And it's yeah. it, it's... It's really uh, scary in a way because I, I don't like the movements that they do in with the rotoscope, but when they do it in, in modern days, I like that a lot better. But, yeah, mm. it's interesting you said they, they didn't use real people. They they did just do the sort of claymation stop motion type. Yeah. Thing. It's a bit like like the, the equivalent nowadays would be using mocap versus traditional rigged 3D animation. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, they're, com- um, they're completely different skills and, like, both are applicable. I think I think I was, I was watching some of the special features of the Kong Skull Island and from what I could tell, it looked like that one wasn't mocap. That was actually hand animated. But then in Peter Jackson's remake, it was Andy Serkis was Kong. Yeah, it was mocap then, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. We should probably get to a starting player. I was going to say also, but this is like within that that early 1910s, 1920s and 30s, they did this whole series of these kind of jungle movies. So it's like, you know, this isn't just come out on its own. It had like, you know, Tarzan and they had The Lost World and and, and a Um, few others. Um, Sinbad and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. leading to this kind of, you know, this sort of, I don't know, they had this fascination with these jungle yeah. worlds. But, and they um, were the originals. Like, they've all been remade every 10, 20, mm. 30 years. And, you know, they're only ever a couple of years away from being remade again. And But, like, these are all the originals because it was, like, the that pioneering era kind of thing. Yeah. It's just um, it's just cool to sort of think about that they're back, you know, that we were early days of film and, and it, they sort of went down this whole kind of science fiction path and, and stuff, which is really, you know, breaking the, the mould of what, what film could do at, the, at that time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Think about it um, now. Starting I mean, player. Computers. Yeah. Starting player. Um, I have Person two. Person chess. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. I think uh, the, the, the safe one would be whoever's been on a sea voyage most recently. Ooh. But I think the fun yeah, one would be loudest screen. <laughs> I don't want to test that right now. I have young kids, yeah. so my, my hand, loudest screen is going to be very forehead. quiet. Hand over forehead, yeah. head back, loudest screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The palm, scream palm um, out, so you've got your back of your hand on your forehead. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, in a nice dress. I was going to say the last person to climb uh, Empire State Building, but um, I can't even claim that. I, I've been at the bottom of it, but I, we didn't go up. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> last person to visit a jungle and, and get captured by natives? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh... Oh, I can almost claim that. Oh. Yeah. When I went to Borneo, we stayed at a headhunter's camp. Ah. I literally they... stayed in their house. I don't know if you count that as captured, but. I was going to say I they rejected that. you, clearly. <laughs> He's yeah, only to be enough. eaten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't need both your legs, did you? <laughs> <laughs> they did make me watch them slaughter a chicken, which I guess was that's the tribal way. Well, they're, they're probably that's a good, you know, that was a good mm. thing. <laughs> Learning curve. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. might go first. If you want me to go first, I can yeah, go, go first. Go. By the way, Max oh, Steiner no. was the composer. Ah, that's right. Yeah, Max yeah. Steiner. He of Star Wars. No, no, no of um, Star Wars. Of King Kong and a bunch of other uh, yeah. movies He's in Australian that era. Oh, didn't know that. There you go. Yep. But he did a whole bunch of movies back back in the day with our RKO pictures and Warner Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. So many. And it's a huge inspiration for John Williams is the name. Just gave me before. Williams. John Williams and Hans Zimmer and, you know, all the all the modern or contemporary yeah. greats of film score composing. But, um, yeah, that era, like, there's so many good ones from back then. Over 300. He did Casablanca, Gorm in the Wind, all those sort of ones. There you go. Okay. Wow. Alex, yeah. what's your pitch? 300. That's 300. A, Over that's 300. That's a decent resume. Yeah. Um, King Kong. All right. So I, um, I was thinking about when I, when I read the, the synopsis and stuff, um, they, they go to an island, they meet the natives who sacrifice someone, um, they end up replacing the sacrifice with the lead lady. And then they go through a series of events and each time they sort of encounter a new monster. So they get charged by a dinosaur, they get a dinosaur in the water. um, You don't really need an explanation for why I picked it for the 
for a board game. Oh, no, it, it plays it's, out like like a like it's a game already. The, the idea yeah, it's, it's just huge, a series yeah. of encounters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, T Rex battle, Tyrannodon battle, um, and then there's a New York battle at the end. But um, each each of these, it, I was thinking about it. I'm like. Um, there's got to be a way to do this. And I felt like each dinosaur sort of had their own section. I know King Kong sort of roamed and, and got his, his sacrifice, but he went back to his cave or whatever. But mm. I thought it would be really good to make an area control game that was similar to Risk. But my catches are that you only get your one kaiju and you need to take over as much of the board as you can. Now, one of the things I hate about Risk is that it's a bit open-ended. It's until someone sort of concedes or... Like, like it isn't, um, isn't it? I think it's a bit like Monopoly. Everyone just plays that sort of version because the default is that everyone just wants to wipe the other person off the map. But there's almost yeah. always the version where it's like victory points or something like that. Um, yeah, that's what I want. But I'm sure you've I got something better in store for us. Yes, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> um, I wanted like a limited number of turns. So you really want to um, say you've only got this many turns to make your mark. Now, I did want the areas in it to be different, uh, you know, like small world, different, um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, like different portions uh, of the surf- board. Surfaces and stuff. Like there, so, there yes, might be a water area, a jungle yeah. area, desert area, yeah. a mining area. That do yeah. different things for you. Yeah. Yeah, like so if you waste first of all. Going to the A area, you get some bonus to get the C area later or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, your specific kaiju would have bonuses in certain areas, so certain areas would be mm. easier to sort of take over. But each time you take over an area, it would grant you a bonus or of, a, of an ability or a weakness. So you might actually take over the ones that give you a weakness because they're that your opponents might think you're least likely to actually get them. Um, mm. But, you know, so your weaknesses might be uh, – so there, there was one dinosaur in the water. So the dinosaur in the water would obviously be not very good in a desert. So if you take over a desert area that turn, if someone takes over one of your spots, they can get an additional area that you have. Mm. Yeah. Or if you take over a water spot, which is a strength, you can actually gain two extra spots adjacent to the water spot because that's what yeah, your nice. kaiju does. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I did want it to be like risk, but you have a limited amount of turns, and yeah, the different land types grant you a bonus, um, ab- ability or a weakness. Yeah, that that was I my like pitch. It. I like it. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm going to ask Ben to go next because I know that Kyle has been thinking about this idea for like two weeks now, and it's probably <laughs> going to be the best best game we've ever heard for the entire year, Ben. So you know, there, Kyle. Um, Look, mine was a, <laughs> similar to yours, but I, I like because it does it leads itself into this kind of you know thematic um, series of thing. But but I, I'm I'm thinking bigger, bigger scale because I want every area like um, you know that they they leave the to go to this uh, exotic island and first of all it's the Skull Island where where it's first of all the attacking the, the locals and and they you know uh, the, it's called like more like a I think I'll. Do it more like the storyline kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so, so the you know the Westerners arrive, the Americans arrive there, uh, and and Anne the island and, itself could be laid out like the path of the game slash story, like a treasure map almost, like you know dotted line, like now this monster, now this monster, now this happens, now this happens, kind of thing. Yeah, and, and like the first thing is the capture of of Anne, 
and then mm. you've got to rescue her. So you've got to actually get her out, and then she becomes a playable character. Like I, I think how it will play is is um is you when you're on your turn, you get to do a certain amount of actions with the characters that you've got, and you might have crew who might actually end up being killed and things like that as you go through. But you want to try and keep you've got to keep the core characters alive to complete the game. So there'll be other NPC <laughs> so style characters. <laughs> yeah, you've got some cannon fodder who could just die or you know, <laughs> have a misfortune. So you've got the island, and then then uh, you know you rescue her, and 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 you, you first witness Kong, and then you've got those, and then that's one board. So you've got that. That's one night session is to to get to get Anne out, and it's a bit of a legacy thing because then you whoever you survive from that goes into the next phase, which is getting through the dinosaurs and things like that, and. And then you know, until you can play the Kong card, who comes in and, and kills the T Rex, and and uh, again, you know, you still got to have the end character. There'll be certain characters you have to keep alive, and then eventually, you know, it gets to New York, and then you've got the the three D tower because it has to be three D because this is dice hard. You, there's no restrictions on anything. This box is massive. Absolutely, um, the three D tower of um, of the Empire State Building. And you know, and and Kong, and I think uh, you know, you can then play the uh, the biplanes and things like that, and 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 um, obviously you still want to try and get up to save Anne. Dexterity game? Are we, are we folding paper planes to throw at Kong? Oh, that'd be cool! I love that. <laughs> you've got you've got <laughs> four. You've, you've got to build a biplane in the game. Yeah, proper. Yeah. Paper biplane. Biplane uh, uh, wind up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I just. I need to say this because because Alex knows that I love this movie, but um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course, they do mention Faye Ray, which of course is the actress who plays Anne Denman. But at the end, uh, uh, Rocky climbs up the RKO tower and screams like King Kong when he gets shot at the end by um, by Riff Raff. No, I didn't so watch the ending. Just- remember. No, I know you didn't, but anyway, but that's just the tribute back. You know how you talked about this has been, you know, one of those movies that that that's lived for so long. Easter egg, um, yeah. That's the Easter egg in Rocky Horror Picture Show. So there you go. So nice. King Kong in little black underwear, screaming, uh, uh, holding um, holding a, a dying Frankenfurter uh, before he falls <laughs> off into the water, into the pool. But yeah, nice. But anyway, yeah, I, I'd love that idea of this movie. This game could be like a legacy style, you know, three or four, or five parts that you play over a, a number of sessions, and yep. uh, and and at any time, if you lose Anne or some of the key other key characters, like um, what's his name, um, um, um uh, Denman. No, Anne and Denman's a different person, aren't they? Anyway, sorry. Um, yep. oh, no, Anne, Anne Darrow. It's Anne Darrow and Carl yep. Denman, and maybe Jack Gris- Driscoll, John. Driscoll of the three you've got to keep alive. Yeah. Um, but there might be others, you know, who you have along. So what time. what style of game? Like a like a miniature skirmish game against a AI yeah. enemies or like cards I think, or Yeah, I like the idea I, of I'm cards. I'm going to paper standees and I want like little dinosaurs when you press the button, yeah. you know, like a like a little clockwork action, you press the button and the little head pops out of the gra- uh, out of the trees and just like bites down on the paper standee and it rips it apart. Yeah, like that. Ran- it randomly just just comes. Out. I think cards because then you got to rand and you got different decks for the different uh, scenarios, mm-hmm. and but you've got your own decks to play, like you know guns and things like that, uh, yep. or or running or screaming with your hand over your over your forehead. You know those sort of things, which are really <laughs> effective tools for um, 
or you know, or batting your eyelids and and you know, uh, um, you know, making Kong love you even more, so it doesn't yes, kill exactly. you. Like that. <laughs> so different. Can but, I interrupt for a second? It's a good a good concept. Uh, one thing that I noticed in um, the movie Kyle was that um, right at the end, when he when Kong was getting shot by the planes, they didn't like overdo it. It was only four planes that took him down. Like he's yeah. not the same sort of monster that he is in in the more modern movies. But no. They, they did something with him on the top of that tower and it actually like it made me feel for him a lot. Um in like the modern movies, he's like this tough war machine beast, right? He like he takes on T Rex, he fights this, he fights that, he gets shot and he doesn't give a shit. He's just there to kill everything. Um but in this version, he's standing on top of the tower and they shoot him. He does that motion where he like is bleeding from his chest and he runs his fingers over the blood and looks at it and he's like, Yeah, oh, this really hurts, sort of thing. Yeah, what is this you don't see to that. Yeah, you don't see that in the modern movies. He does it a couple of times yeah. and it made me go, Oh, I feel really sorry for him. But yeah. the thing is, he, he loves Anne, like, he's doing this because yeah. he's fallen in love with her. And the, the line is, you know, at the end, uh, it wasn't the planes that killed him. It was and beauty killed the beast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. it's it's got a real message there too that you know whilst the savage, you know, big eight beast man is actually he's got a, a heart in him. You know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good idea. Anyway, let's uh, yeah. let's hear Kyle's because, like I said, he's been working on this for how long. Uh, no, I just got really enthusiastic when you first told me, and I wrote a whole bunch of notes, and then I've just sort of been—it's just been simmering. <laughs> yeah, and so and so I'm—I just went back over and looked over my notes just before, and it's sort of fresh again now. And great minds, really? um, very very similar idea. My idea was a highly asymmetrical two-player co-op or solo adventure slash story slash combat legacy game where one player plays as Kong and the other plays as Anne. Oh, okay. Okay. So before you go on, this is diehard, and anything can happen. So make these ideas like huge. If you want blood-filled meeples, we've done it before. Oh yeah. Okay. So every scenario has its own custom board, decks of cards for all characters and enemies, and a new miniature for everything that is mentioned at all. All right, Ben. The rest of the show is Kyle's. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so highly asymmetrical because like one's a giant monster gorilla and one is a damsel in distress character, but, uh, with strengths and abilities that, you know, play to their individual characters sort of thing. And I thought it could be interesting if it was something a bit like Gloomhaven or the crew where you can't, you can maybe kind of talk, but not really, like maybe you can only use emotive gestures and stuff to the other player to sort of imply what you're going to do. Good, because they can't actually communicate. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, that might be a bit too much fluff for a lot of people or just the right amount for some people. Um, but it also maybe prevents the whole sort of, like, if, if it's going to be a co-op sort of thing, it prevents quarterbacking. If, you know, you're going to have two people and Definitely. one person might just be tempted to run the show kind of thing. Yep. And, yeah, you've, you could have a series of scenarios which, you know, very easily could be each monster he bites, but also things like, You'd mentioned about the the uh, first scene where Kong comes in and captures Anne, where you know that yep. might be something like the the wind condition of that scenario. But then 
you know, other things further down the line, like maybe you could have more than just the Empire State Building in in New York, maybe the, the theatre you've got to escape, things like that. Um, I was imagining very, very similar, almost exactly the same terminology I have written here in front of me, where the main game players, game players that both players use a limited number of abilities each turn based on, and these are all question marks, a hand of cards, slash deck building question mark, dice roll, so question mark, uh, icons on enemy cards that were revealed, question mark, something else, question mark, something, something determines, you know, the pool of whatever you have to be able to do whatever you can do. Well, let's go and with then, dice. We don't use enough dice in this show. Cool. It's dice. Done. It's, dice, and if, if everything's ridiculous, it's 40 dice. Excellent. Yeah. Buckets of and, dice. I love it already. And uh, there are four types of actions, and each tier is based on how many of that icon are showing. So if the most of A action are shown, that's the one you can do the top tier of that action and down the line. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing. <laughs> um, and so actions, I was sort of thinking, you know, Kong obviously is the one that can attack, stun, push, typical sorts of things. But also, I think it'd be cool to have something like positioning be important, like climbing up on things to jump down or climbing to get away or swinging and things like that. So moving and climbing and even you get really thematic stuff like, you know, beating your chest yeah. To, yeah. to gain aggro or buff yourself, things like that. Um, yep. So, you know, abilities that affect himself, moving around and buffing himself, whatever, affecting enemies to attack them, hurt them, whatever. Um, but then also affecting Anne in terms of, you know, if she's falling, you can catch or rescue in some other way or move in front to guard or or move literally by picking up and moving sort of thing. And then yeah. on the other side, Anne's abilities are, you know, not useless. Um, <clears throat> the idea that, you know, maybe more so than in real life, but idea that it's weighted that, you know, each character is equally effective in their own way. But, you know, she can move herself around, climb around, hide if needs be, but then also do things like distract enemies to draw their attention, do things like, you know, if, if part of one of the big monsters is maybe like smaller extra monsters show up or other hazards show up, she can deal with those. But then also buffing Kong by like, you know, either giving him strength motivation whatever something um maybe even healing like not like you could heal but maybe if you know ends up with a thorn or something stuck in his hand she can rip it out to help him yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah yeah or maybe yeah. it's more like mental fortitude like preparing him for something coming so instead of yeah war, from, like, like warn him yeah like yeah like you know if she does that you know maybe then the next next instant hazard that pops up you you negate because He's yep. been warned. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So something along those lines is what what I was thinking, and yeah, I thought it was uh, would be cool to sort of like play the story through and have this super asymmetrical sort of thing where it's not just like you're you're trying to just build up characters to get do certain things in particular or the right kinds of combos, but their abilities are completely separate and dependent on each other. Yeah. Well, here's one idea to throw at you. So if both players roll dice for their turn, is there going to be a fumble on the dice? Say again. I'd like, I'd like, a, like a fumble, you know, like rolling a, yeah, absolutely. a one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you roll a fumble, right, then the fumble dice can go to your partner because it's like you've missed something, but then they get to re-roll it to see if they see it. 
Yeah, nice. And then vice versa. And, and or so that's like one of their thinking. abilities. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it could be that. an ability. Yeah, you're right. You know, like like you do stumble, but or you could spend your this icon to do that and cancel out that yeah. stumble or re-roll that stumble. or Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I also like the idea of starting with, say, 40 dice. Like at the start, it's like your stamina and you start losing dice over the campaign what because, you, you know, you start off really strong. Yeah, or or even like a, an arc, like you know, you could almost do it like the graph of the of the movie, where you know you start with a certain amount and build up uh, after successes, and then slowly start to tire, and then you know yeah. end up with end up at sort of rock bottom for the last couple of scenarios, and still have to have enough to make it to the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, that sounds good. Yep, I like it. I like that already. Um, as far as the legacy aspect goes, I mean, it. It's about growing your um your abilities together, isn't it? So if you've yeah. got multiple abilities or tiers of abilities, which I kind of like, like just say as a as a rough example, he he he's really big. He can push stuff, right? If you spend yeah, one dice, you can push something one space. But if you spend two dice, you can push something three spaces. But if you spend three yeah. dice, you can push something like six or seven spaces or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. you're sort of spending more dice to have a greater effect. But yeah, totally. um, you you only grow those abilities over time as well, so you sort of unlock them. Yeah. Mm. I like the idea of them those kinds of things being um, being mutually mutually exclusive as well, so that it's not you're not just generically upgrading and getting better. Like you pick a cer- certain kind of path. Like yes, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe Anne could be more about actually dealing with smaller hazards, like it chops down a tree that's going to trip. Kong and fight smaller enemies and things like that, as opposed to another path you could take, which is all about buffing Kong and making distractions instead. Yes, I like that a lot. And Kong could have uh, different paths as well. Like he could become cleverer instead of tougher. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, or faster instead of tougher. You know, he's better at repositioning and, you know, maybe attack yeah. work in such a way that if you attack from higher to lower, it's better. And so you've upgraded your yeah. ability to climb instead of hitting harder. Yeah, so you're you're more versatile. Mm. And, and yeah, I like that a lot. You get could um, be used further along. Yeah. By the way, this has a release date. It's uh, 2029, which is when <laughs> the when the movie enters the public domain. Oh, really? Yeah, I just didn't just oh. in the course of like googling some stuff. It's like it's 2029 is when it enters the public domain. Like I think it be could be. Could be quirky to or cool to use some of the original artwork in a game like this, like like literally shots oh, yeah. from the film sort of thing would be would be pretty cool. Is that only entering the public domain if Disney doesn't fight for Mickey Mouse to continue being copyrighted? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my presumption is that it's not going to, because you know. Well, I don't know. They got a lot of money behind this. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they're still using Mickey Mouse. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's, that's what, cool. no. My presumption is it's not going to enter the public domain because yeah, yes, Disney or someone else will do something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does the ending have to be that he dies, or are we attempting to keep him alive? I think in some of the scenarios, like that, defeat is the the win in a way. You know, in that you know that and works maybe if it's more thematic than just arbitrarily about winning, like. Getting captured could be a scenario, but you know maybe the condition is something else. Like you've got to make sure Anne survives, and that's really hard that time. Or, or maybe even you are trying to. You've just spent 
three quarters of the campaign building yourself up and now you've got to somehow lose. So you're like playing the game opposite that scenario to lose. And Empire State Building works literally as a climb to the top. I think, you know, even though it ends in gong falling, you reaching the top is, is a definite goal to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I just like staying true to the story too. It's not a problem. I yeah, think you it's could easily have, have differences like uh, from it for the sake of, um, you know, replayability or just even something interesting. But um, yeah, it'd be cool. I think thematically, even you could you could have reasons to to have those failures be wins, kind of thing for certain scenarios. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of having yeah multiple different endings as well. Like you, it might be a legacy game, but maybe you have like three plays out of it, and you can try a different sort of ending or a different scenario each time. Yeah, like maybe you don't get captured, and there's there's more scenarios on the island, and if there's there's mega bosses you've got to beat there. Yeah. Yeah. True. Or work work with the tribes people instead of against them. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. Mm. I really like that. It's and I, I like the thematic of the the you know your stamina changing through the dice and then different dice rolls get you to different things. Um, and I think yeah, you could make a lot of expansions. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's the sequel is you know Skull Island two or you know uh, yeah exactly Skull Island extended and then. And Planet Kong, no way. <laughs> <We're gonna be laughs> Planet Kong. Yeah. If, you, if you gave it a, uh, a prefix or like suffix in the title, you know, like like legendary games do, yeah. you know, if it was King Kong something, the amazing King Kong, you could do the amazing insert universal monster here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you could have Kong goes to Tokyo instead of New York. Because you know, why not? Because why not? And it then you have so a giant, giant monster to, to fight. You yeah, made it sound like Paddington. Paddington, yeah. Paddington there Kong goes to New York. He yeah. just wants to buy to a London. nice suit. Go in a taxi. Yeah. Kong yeah. goes to Amsterdam. He's got to survive it without getting high. Um, etc. <laughs> etc. Et no, I that's love a it. massive yeah. game. It's um, yeah, definitely worth. That's it. Yeah, it's good. I like it a lot cool. already. And the miniatures I want to play it. of this game is going to be awesome. It always happens. I want to play it too. I already yeah. want to play it. And it's a, Can't it's someone else make it and perfect. just, you know, someone else contact yeah, I wish in six was... months and say, here's the game. Have a go. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great if it actually happened. Um, <laughs> we probably will cut it there. Um, so, Carl. One, one little fact before we go. Like, this is back in oh, the yeah. heyday of filmmaking, right? So, yeah. so um, Fay Ray, who was Anne Darrow, mm. did 11 movies in 1933 and in 11 more in 1934. Like, mm. that's the sort of level, you know, they don't do that now. No. <laughs> I mean, and it's you think the, about, um, It's the, the era pre- of them being yeah. directly employed by the, uh, the yeah, production companies. So, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, would, yeah. Like, they didn't get royalties or anything. Movies. Yeah, they were just employed yeah. and just did them and, like, like yeah, it's insane. Yeah. She she went on like she her last film, uh, according to or last thing was a TV show in nineteen eighty. So you know she acted decades. Yeah, obviously the thirties was her biggest time, and then she sort of did a bit up into the fifties, and not much after that. But um, yeah, but just thought that's like look now and and you know. <laughs> 
Not many actors or actresses have 123 yeah. credits. Well, like Max Steiner's credits that you said, however many. That he yeah, has. 300. Um, and by the way, he's Austrian. Yeah. Australian. Oh, right. <laughs> so correction there for all of you who picked it up earlier. There's a uh, great podcast called The Soundtrack Show about movie soundtracks. Mm. And there's a story about Max Steiner. Like, it's not just about particular movies sometimes. And since you mentioned it, it made me remember the, um, that he did Casablanca. And the song, as times goes, as time goes by, is, it was an existing song. It was kind of out of fashion at the time, but the the people who wrote it wanted it in the movie. Mm. And Max Steiner apparently cracked it because he'd written an original song for it, and that's their rare opportunity to earn royalties. Yeah, is when they happen to write an original song that might get played, you know, on the radio or wherever else that they might be able to earn royalties from. And he was he was really upset to take shows to use as time goes by, which was you know an existing song from from several years ago or whatever. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> just interesting, but like I can't imagine Casablanca without that song. No, no, it does. It it is is made the song, isn't it? But um, mm. made the the song movie, yeah, you know, whatever you tie it together. Exactly, uh, yeah, for sure. But um, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> for sure. So, Kyle, who are you? Where can we find you? What do you do? Uh, I am Kyle. I'm from a, uh, an aspiring game designer. I've got. A bunch of games in the works, entering the competition and stuff I'm working on myself. Um, soon to be releasing some stuff. I've got not much of a presence anywhere other than a Facebook group. Um, I know it's a bit outdated to have a Facebook group, but it seems a good place for board game community. Um, so that's just called King Board Game Dev. And that's A-Y-N-G. Called A-Y-N-G, yep. Yeah. Yep. Which is just King with a Y, because Kyle's with a Y. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's where I share most of the progress sense. and stuff that I'm working on. Um, my day job's are an industrial designer, product designer, and so oh, fantastic. I'm also you know that that lends itself fairly well to um, to components and manufacturing and everything along those lines. And uh, I'm also working oh, on a like board game accessories and things as well, which is also uh, you'll see in my group there some stuff that I'm working on, which is a little bit interesting. I you know haven't got anything that's easy to explain without pictures. So if anyone's interested, check it out. And there's some stuff there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't got much presence yet. <laughs> that's all right. I've seen some of your stuff and it looks pretty amazing. And um, yeah, I would be keeping an eye on Kyle because I think uh, big things awake. So Ben, who are you and where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on this podcast at Hard Dice. I appear on a couple of the shows here. Plus you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Dallin. Thank you very much. Today has been a pleasure. 1933 King Kong. I recommend watching it or at least watching the part that I watch on YouTube. Awesome. <laughs> Cheers all. Cheers. Guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. Stay in touch and tell us what you think on Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Check the links in the show notes to stay connected.